0: Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, biz chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dello. It is me, your girl, your host, Renee, and I am here today with Kelly Faitanini. Kelly, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited you're here. I think this is a juicy topic, although I think people who listen to the show a lot are going to be surprised that we're like, it feels like we're going to like go negative, right? Because we've named it, talk about what not to do. But you know, I know what y'all like to listen to. I know what you click on. And sometimes when you hear, when you see the, Oh, what, what not to do, maybe I'm doing that. It feels like juicy and you want to dive in. So that's, it's a clickbait. I'm telling you that I clickbaited you. Kelly, how do you feel about that? <laughs> I, I love clickbait. I love it. <laughs> I mean, despite my be- my better intentions, like I do click on those things on Twitter. I'd be like, what not to wear? Well, maybe I'm wearing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but Kelly, you've been in business for how many years? We are coming up on our 10 year anniversary in April. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much. We this and this episode will be airing right around your 10th anniversary which yay, we'll celebrate. Yeah, it will. We'll give you a little, um, uh, party emoji when we post for I sure. I love it. We'll, yeah. Some champagne flying emoji. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so in your 10 years in business, I mean, listen, I think if you're in business for one year, you have so many lessons learned, but I love the perspective of having, you have, you know, coming up on this 10 year anniversary, getting to look back and being like, oh man, baby Kelly made some great choices and then made some like choices that we learned from. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> and it's funny because I see some of those same lessons like repeat over and over and over. <laughs> and it's not that I haven't learned. It's just right. you learn different things each phase and each year because your your business is in a different place. You're in a different place. So it's very
0: interesting. Yeah, I was reading something the other uh, day. I'm like a very voracious reader, and I'm always reading like self help stuff. And I read something the other day that was um, something along the lines of, our life keeps serving us the same lessons until we learn <laughs> no, I love it. and I was like I feel very called out by this situation <laughs> I do not like this at all but it's true right because I think uh, sometimes we have to be presented with the same type of dilemma in different flavors before we're like, Oh, I, I know this one. I've done this one before I see this one. Right. And there's not just the journey of like life and also entrepreneurship, right? This is why we do the show. So we can talk to people like you and be like, all right, tell us, tell us what you've learned. Um, the first one I want to talk about is what your first don't was don't put all your eggs in one basket, which could mean so many things. So what does that mean for you?
1: Oh yeah. Don't put your, all of your eggs in one basket. Um, well, I would say that really goes back to the beginning of my business. And, um, at the beginning, you kind of have to put all your eggs in one basket, but you really want to try to do whatever you can to not do that. Um, and for me, when I was going through this experience, you know, I started the business, I was tech, I was IT, I was marketing, I was sales, I was this, I was that. And then as I started to grow, I did bring on team members, but even then, the team members would have multiple roles, so they had um, my sales director was also doing order entry, who was also doing, you know, billing and five other things. And it sounded great because I had one person that I really trusted, but that definitely backfires when you have only one person that you really trust. Right? And, you know, things happen, so there were a couple things that happened with that. Is um, you know, she had a, a change in her career and she was ready to move on after six years and i was like oh my god what am i going to do this is devastating like there's now i don't have to re not only retrain one role one person she has like six things that she was doing and i have to find six people and retrain all of that and it was just a moment of epiphany where i'm like why did i do this to myself why didn't i see this from another angle i had a single point of failure at that moment and um she was you know the catch all it was just the two of us at that point and the biggest lesson from that was you know you have budget constraints when you're small and growing and i think i learned that i can be very creative in figuring out how to utilize that type of budget or similar budget and stretch it in different ways and so in hindsight i was like you know what I could have a fractional person doing accounting. I could have a fractional person doing order entry um, or you know, a, an assistant or an intern, um, but really dividing that role and making sure that it's siloed into specific roles. And so when there's turnover or when there's changes or when that person isn't performing or doing well, you're only replacing one small segment of it not having to do the whole swoop. And then it also is more beneficial too, because that those people are more hyper-focused on the single task that they're you know assigned to do. And yeah. they're going to do it 10 times better rather than one person doing six jobs and just feeling totally burnt out.
0: No, I, when I 100% I agree. When you look back on that, um, I mean, I guess, was it a decision to only have the one person or did you just get comfortable with having the one person?
1: You know, it was a combination. I think it was definitely comfort, but also um, what I loved most about that person is they cared so much about the business and they had very high standards like myself. Yeah. So there was this element of like, we don't trust anyone else to, to do this.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, no, know I know that. So good,
1: <laughs> Yeah, and granted, you know, someone um, else might make mistakes, but the other thing that I learned from that is by having that one person be the catch-all, it hindered my growth. So, yes, I had one person doing you know 20% effort in all of these areas. Where, had she not been doing all of that other nonsense, she would have been more you know 90% focusing on sales and really growing the business. And so, I have learned from that to really analyze. If I have to invest in another you know, staff member, what's the return on it? And it might hurt for a couple months until I see the return on that investment. But in the long run, it's going to allow me to truly grow and get bigger and scale. And then also when you're growing and scaling, you can't have just the two of you or you know the three of you. You need to think forward. And that put me in a position where it's like, oh, if the business grows and when it does and whether it grows slow or fast, now I have six people and even though that person's working only 10 hours on accounting as I grow and scale they'll go into 15 20 30 now yes. they're a full-time person and it feels comfortable because you're not you know overextending yourself on your budget but you have someone already trained and they just kind of grow and scale with you as you grow your business
0: yeah it's such a powerful point too and I think especially in this you know third year of this ongoing pandemic I know for me you know one of my assistants who was my like ride or die assistant on a wedding day now has a job as a COVID officer on film and TV sets. And so she can't work with me on the weekends because all week long, she's possibly exposed to COVID. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> what? And you know, it's okay because we have other, we have other people. I have other people in my business and I actually just brought on a new person, but if I had not had other people, I would have gotten into my uh, late 2021 wedding season in a full panic, right? Because Other people's lives change and what I would never want as a business owner is for someone to be hesitant to share with me that they were ready to move on or wanted something different for their life or, you know what I mean? Like we don't ever want people to feel that they're with us because they know we don't have any other options. (laughs) Absolutely. That is so true. Which I think happens to a lot of business owners in in the wedding industry because we do get so, um, you know, tied emotionally and comfort level wise to our people, you know, and like you said, we, I think we all have that mindset of like, well, no one could do it as good as we can. (laughs) Yeah. Which, yeah, is a problem. Absolutely. (laughs) So your second don't is to not wing it when it comes to systems and processes. And I just want to tell you, Kelly, every single time I run a mastermind or group coaching program, which we did a lot in 2020 and 2021, when I survey the group, everyone is obsessed with like, I've got to really hone in on my systems and processes. And it always makes me laugh because I think like, it always seems to me that people are thinking that this is a finite situation. Like, I'm going to hone in on it, and then it'll be done. And I just laugh because it's, like, the opposite of that. <laughs> Wouldn't <When does laughs> that be so nice? <laughs> right? But I love Set that it Forget you, it. <laughs> right? It's never said it and forget it. But I want to expand on what you mean by, like, what happened when you tried to wing it in that area? Well, you know, this definitely
1: surfaced um, and hit me in the, the gut pretty heavily right around that time where I had that one person who was, you know, um, that end all be all. And at that point, I was like, Oh, my God, I don't have anything documented. I mean, this person was like a steel trap. She knew everything about everything, but didn't write any of it down. And I certainly didn't, you know, think to have her write it all down. There was some stuff, you know, I want to give myself a little credit here. But you know, training new positions is very, very, very time consuming. And when you're doing that most of your time and you, you're you pulled away from the other things that you could be using your time for growing the business and, and other important aspects. And, you know, even now, 10 years later, like you said, it's not a set it and forget it. We're still constantly refining our um, systems and processes. And as we grow, we bring on new roles and those new roles um, meet their, you know, all all the Check boxes checked and those systems and processes created. And what does that look like when there's turnover in that role? And, um, and, and that's been, you know, like we were talking about at the beginning, it's, it's been the same problem that is repeated multiple times. So it's yep. not that, like I haven't learned, it's just has changed. It's taught me different things in different levels. So over time I have documented and then now I'm like, Oh, well, that's helpful if someone is a, visual learner, but what if they're an auditory learner? So now we're doing video um, SOPs and, oh, now we have all this stuff and it's super unorganized and no one can find it. Now it adds another layer of just keeping it really concise and organized so everyone can find it. Um, And then it gets into, oh, now we're changing things. Who's responsible for keeping them updated? And it it does over time become a full-time job. But one thing that I learned is if, if I do it as things happen, it makes it so much easier. And then when I go back, I'm like, oh, this is great. Like I have the first draft done and without even any effort. And now, you know, I can kind of pass it on. And I also, um, I have the trainees contribute to it. So it's a really good way to offset the, the workload. And, you know, when you learn something and you're writing it yourself, that reinstates that learning. So the, the trainee is kind of helping me you know, revise the SOPs while learning it themselves. And then I can go back and read it and say, oh, oh no, they totally misinterpreted what I meant here because I can read their notes of how they wrote it. Let me go back and retrain that because that's not what I meant. It meant this. Or I can go back and say, okay, this is great. They really understand the process now because I can see how they wrote it. They understand. So it's been a really interesting evolution, but it just goes to show like how important it is to, to do it at the beginning and hindsight, I'm like, Oh, I wish I just did this at the beginning. But when you're, you're running on fumes as a smaller business, it's definitely low on the priority list, but it's the yeah. most important. And it's crucial because when it happens, which it will, no one will stay with you forever. It it's more destructive then and difficult than
0: versus just documenting it along the way. I agree. And I also think I think the reason it comes up so often for business owners like, oh, I have to do this, I have to do this, I haven't done it, is because it feels massive, right? Mm-hmm. It feels massive to take everything that's in your brain that you know about your business and put it in a document. What I've done is kind of a, a cheat, a cheater's kind of shortcut, is that um, for a lot of the processes in our business, and our wedding planning business, like back-end stuff, and I guess even in the education business, I do this for my assistant, is I'll make a Loom video of like, this is how we use IO Planner in the back-end as a planner, and then I will take that recording Put it in the training documents, but then also take the audio of that and put it through like a transcription service, mm. like Tem- like Temi. So like most of the work is done for me. And then all I have to do is go back and edit what I've already said. And I find that is a lot less daunting than like sitting down in front of an empty, you know, Google Doc going like, okay, how do we start? Right? <laughs> like, like, sometimes, like sometimes just start in the middle, guys. Just start in whatever. If you have a spark when you're at your desk, you're like, oh, I should document how I do this. Get on Loom and just start recording yourself and narrate it out loud. And then you're kind of, you know, you've started, you've already begun, you've started this thing that seems monumental because I agree with you that the biggest mindset as wedding wedding pros or any entrepreneur we have to get over is that people are going to stay forever. It just, it's not so, it's just not the case. It's not. And especially now more than ever. Um, in in the
1: changing world of of demands and and what people are looking for, people are constantly looking for growth and newness in their careers, especially the new um, generations coming into the workforce. And I feel and I anticipate that you know it might just be two to three years is what we get from people. And I'm preparing for that. You know, I, I certainly would love to have staff stay on longer, but. I understand the psychology of um, the younger generations and what's important to them. And its, it's variety and it's excitement and it's newness and it's growth and expanding. And a lot of ways they're going to get
0: that is moving around from different roles. So you just have to be prepared for it. Yeah. I agree with that. And that's, I think like a, like you said, it's a different generational thought, right? Because I know like I, my dad just retired. I just keep saying just, it's been a couple of months. He's not happy about it. He doesn't like being a retired person. He is very like, he keeps like emailing me with like different business ideas. He's like, what about this? Aww. We can do this. And I'm like, dad, I'm a little busy. I have two businesses already, but you know, he, he was with his company. His, he was with IBM for like a bajillion years. And then he was with Oracle for another bajillion years and now he's retired. And that, that was his life. <laughs> (laughs) And the fact that like most people I know at, you know, at 65 will have had 20 jobs. You know what I mean? Like so many different careers. It's like such a different thing, which kind of leads me to our next uh, don't, which is don't try to be a superwoman. Explain. Tell me.
1: Oh, yes. I mean, you know, the demands of this modern world is you have to be Superwoman to just handle it all, and you can't look weak, especially as a woman running a business. And you can't look vulnerable, and you have to be tough, and you 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 have to you know wear this cape as if um, you're holding the world on your shoulders. And for me, and my sp- experience, I absolutely tried to be that person, and it landed me crying on the floor almost every yeah. day after work. And it is. Painful and awful, and it strips the beauty of what being an entrepreneur can be. You know, it it turns your yeah. your business into a beast rather than um, something that can actually work for you instead of against you. And at that moment, I was like, I I need help um, from not just one source, but the more that I put around me in varying aspect, it makes a huge difference. So I.
0: I got a therapist. I'm like, yes. I gotta talk about this stuff, you know? There's Listen, I t- I'm yelling, I'm constantly talking about therapy. I have no problem like responding to friends or like with the whip aboard like volunteer work to be like, no, I can't, I have my therapy appointment then. Like I just try to normalize it all the time because like money, it's something we all we all need help with and we have to talk about. So I'm with you.
1: It's so true. And I mean, the complexities of the world we live in now, our brains are not. Created that way. Like we're like, we're still like kind of cat caveman brains,
0: you yeah, know. Like we, we weren't meant to handle all of this information, all of this collective trauma, all of this, even just the amount of news that we receive. We're born our brains are not meant for this. Nope, not at nope. all. And so uh, I love that you like mentioned
1: therapy. Yes. The first, first one. I was like, I've I've got to have this support. And then, you know, I have a leadership coach, I have a strategic mm-hmm. coach surrounding yourself with other business professionals that are willing to mentor you and train you and and be in your corner um, from a business standpoint. I'm in an entrepreneur group, which is, has been the biggest game changer for me because it can be very lonely running a business and not, you know, I don't have any business owning friends, you know? It's, yeah. Um, yeah, and so I, I sit down for lunch or coffee with a friend and it's all, you know, other life stuff. And they're like, Oh, what are you up to? And it's like a loaded question, but they, they don't (laughs) quite understand how loaded it is. And so yeah, my best friend from
0: college, my best friend from college, like, doesn't want to hear about like email funnels and and, like conversion (laughs) rates. Like she just doesn't, she wants to talk about her kid and her job and her family. And I'm like, listen, there's a problem in our funnel. And she's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And I'm like, I know it's, I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) no, but the group's
1: But yeah, Wait, you're so, like, no, this funnel is keeping me up all night. You don't. Know I doing? had to like,
0: <laughs> I had to like explain what a funnel was and then explain how we didn't know what was wrong with it. And she was like, yeah, is it just like the words? I was like, yeah, it is the words. I don't know. Okay, moving on. Like, I was just like, anyway, let's talk about friends from school. Um, it's <laughs> just like, I am, I can't even, I can't, it's too long to explain. Can I ask you, do you have household help? i that's do that's part of that community
1: yeah i do absolutely um and that is another really fun surprise so i i had a um a daughter and and you know being a mom and um you know still trying to manage all of that it's the same thing it's like i i can't do it alone and i wanted to but then i realized like why am i trying to do something that truly like doesn't matter. And it's setting me back. What really matters is setting myself up for success by having the support and actually being mentally stable, happier and stronger, more energy, all of those things. So at that point, I think we had, yeah, we had a nanny and then I um, found out I was having surprise twins. Wow. So I was that like, is a surprise. <laughs> oh my God, how am I going to do this? Um, And now we have a live-in au pair, which has been a game changer. And I absolutely would not be able to do what I do. And, you know, we, you know, embracing family, we let our in-laws and my parents, um, fly in every month and it's, it's like, you know, there's, there's certain give and takes, but for the most part, it's like, this is, we need to accept the help. And then really reframe it of not help, you know, and that's another word. I think words matter what you use. Yeah, If I you agree. keep saying, oh, I need help, I need help, you feel defeated and small. But if you're like, I want to have a circle of support. Support sounds like invigorating and um, strong, right? Like, yeah. so I try to use the
0: word support more. I and... agree with that. I agree with that. Let's call it like household support, like mm-hmm. business support. I love that because that actually... That is what it is. And you know what's funny? I just thought about this. I have a VA. I have a podcast uh, editor. I have a publicist. I have assistants. I never call them help. I never say my podcast help. Right. But somehow when it's it's our home, we're like, oh, I just, I need help. You're right. Kelly, you're right. I love it. I'm going to reframe it for myself too. (laughs) Thank you for Um, that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's important to um and that's why I asked you about about the household support because I know so we talked to so many like very exceptional female entrepreneurs, and I just want to normalize the fact that like I don't care about cleaning my house. Can I like I care that my house is clean, but I don't care that I do it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's and such like, a value point,
1: um value, yeah. valuable point because It's like buying back your time. And it's like, okay, if I spend $20 to send the laundry out, what what is my time worth? And what am I going to gain from that? How much more, you know, revenue can I generate in that hour I was doing laundry when I'm just paid, you know, 20 bucks to send it out? It ends up being And this is how
0: I feel about Instacart, right? Like I I had a big chip on my shoulder about Instacart pre-pandemic because I was like, grocery shopping is so basic. I should be able to do it, right? Should. I should be able to grocery shop for the two of us because my husband and I do not have children and the dogs. And then the pandemic hit and I had no choice, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. But either to like put on my hazmat suit and go to Gelson's or use Instacart. And so now Instacart is like in the mix as a a way of supporting my my life because I don't have to spend an hour and a half because that is what it actually ended up taking because I like to wander around the grocery store getting my, right? I mean, that's what it would be. I'd be like, I would never be like a surgical in and out trip. I'd be like, ooh, new fruit like it i have no desire to like just make that a tiny trip so instacart to the rescue and i i want to say i rarely go to the grocery store now but i'm much happier for it i we're not overspending because i'm not wandering around buying yeah. new things and it's like it's a tiny little shift but i'll tell you even still my husband's like sometimes when because he when he's not at work when he's home he'll be like did you get instacart as if it's like a waste of money and i'm like dude listen don't even worry about it like i this is what's happening in order to have my sanity today or this week or this month or this year, right? Like whatever's going to get to the finish line. And I don't feel completely depleted at the end of the day, week, month, year. That's what we're doing.
1: Yep. It's so worth it. I am a huge, huge advocate of delegating personal tasks. Like Mm -hmm. you have to look at it as an investment, right? So at first you're like, Oh, these costs add up, but if you're, if you're paying out those small costs, think about what extra value you're going to be able to add, which is going to grow your business, which is going to put more money in your pocket, which is going to expand so many other areas. It's going to keep you happier, more sane. And you have to put a price tag on
0: sanity. You have to. That's yes. important. And, and think about this. Every male entrepreneur I know that is very successful doesn't have any emotional feelings about their housekeeper or, or their dry cleaner or their babysitter or their tax guy. Like they never say, well, I should be doing it myself. Like never, I never hear that from the men in my life. And, and even like, you know, famous entrepreneurs that we listen to their podcasts and read their books. Like you never hear them talk about their nanny. You know, they have one but they don't feel any kind of way about it. And I think as women, we take this burden of like, well, I'm I have, I'm making dinner and I'm cleaning up after dinner and the kitchen has to be clean and all these things. Okay, so if your husband's not a person who's gonna help with that, then pay someone to do it <laughs> so that 100%. you can get back to making, business, making your business grow and making more money. Because in all honesty, like when you said about the laundry, if I'm doing my own laundry, which I do my own laundry because it's right here in the house where I am. But when I lived in New York City, I set my laundry out Every week I was broke as shit as a bartender and I still sent my laundry out because I knew that I could make more money working an extra shift at my restaurant than I could sitting in a laundromat doing my laundry. Absolutely. Yep. That is key right there. I miss sending my laundry out. I miss that New York <laughs> energy of just like, here, take it. And then it comes back all nicely folded. And it's like a perfect square. Oh, I miss laundry service. You can so never much. do it as well at home ever. Like, the hard, you try to press it. <laughs> no, never. And it's so compact. It's just like my OCD brain just loves. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, they're like uh, these like laundry services in New York, like because real estate in New York is very expensive. So, like having a huge laundromat with like many, 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 you know, machines and everything isn't necessarily feasible in every single neighborhood. And so, when I lived on the Upper West Side, I don't even remember if there was a laundromat. I don't think there was, which is why the laundry that was like two, two, you know, doors down from our building was like where everyone dropped off their clothes. It was just, it was such a lovely luxury back in my 20s when I shouldn't have had that luxury. But then also, I look back and I was like, even then, I had the boss mentality of like, no, this isn't worth my time. Yeah.
1: Oh, and back to systems and processes. I've, I've SOP'd my household. So (gasps) Tell me all about it. (laughs) So, um, you know, as my business grew and I, I have a, um, an assistant who helps with everything, but she puts the groceries in my Instacart and I have like a weekly list of everything that we need every week. And so she fills it up. And then on Fridays I go in there and add the extra little odd end things and delete whatever I want. But like, that just saved me 30 minutes. Thank you. So worth it. So now I can spend 30 more minutes on opening my retail store or we know, working on the strategy of the the flagship or this or that. She has like all the information for my doctor's appointments. And so she has the calendar of when they reoccur and when it's annual, when it's semi-annual, who's the doctor? What, what does my medical form look like? Who likes to fill out that stuff? It's not fun and it's such a time suck. Yeah. Um, you know, my um, my nannies, we have a manual. So when we get a new au pair, it's already there. It's already printed up. They know exactly how the house runs. Um, I do minimal training with them. You know, my uh, assistant also generates packing lists and does returns for me and calls customer service. All this stuff that I'm like... I could do without this in my life. Can, can you please go track my missing package and talk to FedEx about it?
0: <laughs> yes, I love that. I, I remember, this is like such an extra story, but I'll tell you anyway. So it was like back in 20, it was pre-pandemic. It was back in 2019. I was, it was the week of Wedding MBA, which is always a crazy week because I'm I'm in Vegas all week and I'm typically speaking like multiple times that week. So it's not like I have like a busy day and then an off day. Like every day is an on day, especially last year. But this was in 2019 and it was my first my first year of having like a VA who like understood it, you know what I mean? Like she got me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so every morning she would like send me like, Hey, this is, you know, I know you, I know, you know what you have on on the docket today, but these are things that need your attention. And it was, it was a day that um, some tickets were going on sale for a concert that I wanted. And my husband was with me and I was like, who was going to get, like who was going to buy these tickets? And then I was like, Oh, Chelsea will buy the tickets. And I was like, Hey, can I ask you like a kind of off, off business like thing. And she's like, you can ask me to do whatever. And I was like, Oh, can you get these <laughs> Like, I literally was like, can you get these tickets for me? And she was like, yeah, of course I can. And she's, she's like, I already have your credit card number. And I was like, okay. And like, it was such a very free moment to be like, Just thing that I this extra thing that I wanted it didn't change the world it didn't change my business but it was just for me but I literally couldn't do it because the tickets went on sale while I was on stage she was like don't worry I got it and then from that moment on she was doing all she was booking my travel she was you know what I mean like all these things that I was like very hesitant to give away for whatever dumb reason because I'm the only one who can do it right back to Mm -hmm. back back to what we said originally it's like just let it go guys let it go if there's something that you care a medium amount about let it go to someone else you don't need to be redoing your returns you don't need to be calling customer service you you can have a person that takes care of that for you it's very liberating oh it's the most amazing thing and the beautiful
1: thing too is the world we live in i mean it's a it's so global and mm-hmm. you have resources like upwork and fiverr and yeah. all of these platforms where you can work with anyone in the world. It doesn't have to be in the US. It doesn't have to be in New York It or it could be in North Carolina. It could be in Alabama, anywhere. And whatever your budget is, you can find someone to do this stuff for you, whatever yeah. your budget is. And so there's Agreed. really no excuse to not do it. And it's so liberating for sure.
0: I think a lot of it is the mindset, because I know I had this. I grew up very, you know, very lower middle class, almost. I mean, probably poor, but I did not know that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, in my mind, I was like, we're fine. We're like everybody else. But now looking back, I'm like, oh, yeah, there were a lot of hamburger helper dinners. Anyway, my point is that when I started outsourcing and, and trying to build my circle of support, I had a lot of feelings about like, well, who the hell do I think I am? to send out my laundry. Who, who do I think I am to have a housekeeper? And it's like, not about that. You guys, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I really had to work hard at getting over that mindset. So I didn't want us to leave this piece without just saying, if you are listening to us and thinking, Oh, aren't they so fancy? Who do they think they are? Y'all that's your mindset, not our circumstance. And you have to work on the mindset. See like any other podcast episode I've done on mindset. Cause I've done like 9 million of them. Yeah, I'm
1: same with you. I grew up in a very small town, 30,000 people, very blue collar. No one left the town. I was like one that escaped. And I came to New York with $2,000 in my pocket. And I was like, I've got to figure out how to pay rent this last two months. And that's it. And it was door to door. And so for the last 10 years, and, you know, To that extent, one thing that has helped me, and this comes from my mentors and my business friends and and that community that I I surround myself with, is that envision what you want. Just dream it because if you envision and dream it and, you know, aspire for it you can figure out a way how to make it happen and it's baby steps, right? This didn't happen overnight for me. This was like small incremental tiny things that over time stack up to big results. And that's how it is. I think with anything in life, your business and um, if you're like, you know what, I want more time to enjoy my kids hey, well, what does it take to get that? What are the things that are bogging you down and holding you back and your time sucks that you just don't enjoy? Life is short.
0: Figure out what you enjoy and figure out how to get the other stuff off your plate. Well, amen to that, Cal. One last thing, your final don't is don't try to do any of this without community. Now, I know we talked about the circle of support, but aside from your circle of support, like your, your bigger community, how have you found that?
1: Oh gosh, um so much. Um my absolute hands down favorite thing that I've joined um is an entrepreneur group and that community is not just about business. It's these deep friendships that oh, it's it's almost indescribable and the connection and the support and the the love, you know, these these people have become my best friends where if I have the worst week of my life with whatever, even if it's personal, I go to them and I I, I cry to them and I'm vulnerable and there's trust and Um, it's such a beautiful thing and so important. And the one thing that I would say is I wish I joined
0: it earlier. One of these groups. Is it like Um, a mastermind group or like, how does it
1: function? It is. Yeah. The one that I'm in in particular is called EO, which is entrepreneurs organization. And it's a global community. And so there's just so many resources. I mean, even going through the pandemic, Um, There were all of these free, you know, webinars and seminars, and we are in um, small groups, they call them forums. So we meet once a month, and we discuss everything about business, everything about personal, and it's just a resource. So I can say, hey, I'm looking for um, a new business coach, do you guys have a recommendation, and I get a slew of recommendations from the whole New York chapter. Um, Or it could be, oh, I'm going upstate for a bed and breakfast with my husband. Does anyone have favorite spots? And just the level of community there is mind blowing. So hands down, highly recommend it. If it's not EO, there's a million other mastermind groups out there. It's not, it's not networking. It's very different. It's much more of like a support community of entrepreneurs.
0: <clears throat> yes, I love that. Um, we're going to link to EO in the show notes. Uh, and I'll also link to the mastermind that I host because that is coming back in May. So I, it'll be right after this this podcast airs. I think the, um, the thing of, that people f- uh, miss about the difference between like the networking and the mastermind is like what you said is that it really is a community that you can be very, hopefully very trusting and trusting of and vulnerable with in a way that does not impact people's perception of you or your reputation, because these are not your peers that you're competing with in a way,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: which I think is an important piece, right? Because I know when masterminds that I've been involved in have always been the most fruitful for me when they are not other wedding pros who are not in Los Angeles, right? Like people who are sort of walking on the same entrepreneurial path, but in a completely different field, I always find much more generative for me than it is like masterminding with someone who like is in my neighborhood.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And you get such different perspectives too, which is really nice and refreshing.
0: And sometimes someone just says like that one thing that unlocks something in your head and it might not even be a solution for you. It just might be like a tiny open window where you're like, oh wait, Mm -hmm. let me follow that thought. And, And that is honestly full circle why I do this podcast, right? Because I mean, not just because I like to talk to people and I do, but I also think that people who are listening you know i see the numbers i see thousands of you are listening every week i love it it's very uh it's lovely to have that amount of like you know loyalty loyal listeners but i also always hear from people especially when i meet them in person that they're like oh there was this one episode and like you or your guest said this one thing <laughs> and so it's like we have hundreds of episodes but it might just be that one sentence that kelly said about like life is short how do you want to spend it that t- that makes you go oh my god she's right i do need to hire a housekeeper <laughs> right yeah. or whatever that is like it's, it's just reminding for that gold piece that go, that kind of opens up something for you. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. All right. Kelly, tell us about your stores in New York because anyone who's visiting New York, I want you to go check out Kelly's stuff. Yes. We are
1: so excited. We just had the soft launch of our flagship retail store opening. Um, on Friday in Soho in New York City, um, we are just over the moon about it. Super exciting. And, you know, our our brand, our business is so customer focused um, and customer centric. We, we want to blow the socks off of the experience for the brides get when they walk in our door. So, so far what we've heard, um, brides are thrilled about the experience. And yeah, any, any brides out there, come by and say hi and um, see what we've got. A lot of good stuff.
0: And Kelly, where can people find you on the internet?
1: Um, our website is www.kelly. And the last name is Fate Tanini. It's spelled F is in Frank, A E, T is in Tom, A N I N I. It's Italian. In Italy, it would be pronounced Fight the But, you know, I've Americanized <laughs> it for.
0: <laughs> Love it. We will link to all of that in the show notes. When I'm in New York, which might actually be before this episode airs. I'm going to come check out your store and post it on stories. So I will save it until this episode airs so you can see it, but I'm very excited to see what you've got going on in person. I love Soho. I love beautiful things. I love New York. It's my hometown. So I'm excited for all the good things for you, Kelly. Amazing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for being here. And to my lovely listeners, you know what I'm going to say? Time is the one thing you cannot make more of. And so I'm always so grateful that you spend it with us. We will see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now, friends. Thanks for listening to Talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at ReneDallo.com forward slash podcast and connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram.